is the 7th of June 2022 and I'm delighted to welcome Carol M from New York. She first came into OA in September 1980 and she's been abstinent for overeating, undereating and bulimia for 29 years after 12 years of relapse and is maintaining a £120 weight loss. We're absolutely delighted to have her come and share her experience, strength and hope with us today. So Carol, over to you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, well, wherever you are. Um, I'm Carol. I am a compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Um, I am, as you heard, I am in the program for, I came in when I was 17 and a half on the day. Um, I had just lost a hundred pounds in Weight Watchers and I had, and I binged it back on. So I was an obese kid. Um, I was the fat kid in class. That was years ago. I'm 59 years old. So that was back when all the kids were like little green beans, right? Based on my age, it's different now. Kids are different. It's different. Back in the old days, kids were green beans and every class had a fat kid or every few grades had an obese kid. I was that kid. I was made fun of. I was poked with sticks. I was punched. My hair was pulled. I was told I had Carol. My grandmother made me this poncho. I was Carol with the horse blanket. Um, I was tortured at school. Um, that is a reality. I was bullied ruthlessly. Um, I, I'm giving you the quickie version because this is where this is basically a recovery from relapse for the most part, right? You know, um, uh, I also have lost over 100 pounds, 120 pounds. So I uh, put me any place, but I'd like to focus on relapse. Um, uh, let's face it, guys, in this program, the recovery rate is very, very low. I had a sponsor early tell me. Carol, the recovery rate in OA is like 0.02%. Guess what? I'm a 0.02%er. If, you, if, it, if it can be done, I can do it. Okay, I can do it. But I'm not going to be swept in on a wave with the vast majority. It's not that kind of recovery. And I'm finding that that, that may be the case for most of the 12-step illnesses. AA doesn't have a great recovery rate. It used to better not as much. I'm not here for that. That's not my issue. This is the only prison with the key on the inside. Okay. And if you suffered with food, see, it became so that even though my obesity was torture for me, I hated being fat. I have to tell you guys, I hated being fat. And that became the focus for me. I would have pumped gas for a living when I was a kid. If I could have been one of those thin kids, I would have, I would have cut off an arm to be a thin kid. And I mean that. And I just didn't know how I didn't. Uh, uh, and then if anyone said, well, you need to eat less. It was like, I was insulted. Like, how dare you? Like uh, I was young. That said, I had to learn to be a quick learner because I got abstinent when I was 29, a little bit before my 30th birthday. And um, because I saw what was coming ahead of me, it was going to be a life of, of food. So when I was skinny, which happened periodically through crazy dieting or whatever, and in a way, I was obsessed with food. My entire life was about, I, I would be sitting here talking to you, but my brain is in the refrigerator. My, my mind, I cannot, I was hijacked constantly by the food. Um, and if I was obese, I was in a fantasy of how amazing my life would be when I got thin. So I was never really in my life in reality. I was always somewhere else. In this program, I've had to wake up and stay awake, okay? 
I didn't tell you, you have to measure your cottage cheese. Okay, guys, I didn't tell you that. That's not what I said. Wake up and stay awake. I didn't say, you don't, I measure my food after I have done everything with food. I have intuitively eaten. I have Janine Roth myself up a storm. I have gray sheeted. I have my original gray sheet. I had to look up something for another meeting for insurance. And I went into my OA file. I found my original gray sheet. Can you imagine? Uh, anyone wants a copy, let me know. I'll text it to you. Um, anyway, that uh, let's, let's never go back there. Um, you know, it says the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. That is not the only requirement for abstinence. Okay. And um, I found that as I age, spoiler alert, I have to eat a little less. Okay. As I get older, you know, that's one of the bitches of abstinence is like, I thought when you get abstinent, then you get to go to meetings and everyone like basically bows. And like, you have this, like, it's like being the Pope or something. And you rush into a meeting and then you rush out of a meeting and then you're like in full makeup and you look fabulous. And I have not found that to be true. I didn't die and go to heaven. I, and just, you know, in case anyone wants to know, life is hard, life is hard, okay? And I can do abstinently through my life. Um, my, I'm divorced one time on my second husband, we separated and then he died, okay? He was 61 years old. He died of a massive heart attack. Um, we were still married. Um, my father died. My mother went into a nursing home. I haven't spoken to my younger sister in about 30 years. My older sister and I are not friends. Okay. And guess what? I have not had a need to eat compulsively, binge, puke, or anything else in, in all the years. And I have had some incredible heartbreaks, as I'm sure most of us have. Okay. So that's like, there's never a reason to eat or, or under eat. The other thing that this is important, I think it's very, very important. Um, I interpret immediately. It took me a while to figure this out, but in the books, the 12th, uh, I don't relate because uh, uh, it's alcohol. Bullshit. I, I, I interpret. I don't care about the alcohol. What I care about is the desperation. That's what, that's what I understood. And it, I remember thinking, and I was young, I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, if it worked for these like gutter drunks, can it work for me? And oh, believe me, you guys, I am not a proud eater. I am a gutter eater. And then if you think it's bad, as a compulsive overeater, try bulimia, okay? Because I, there was no stopping me. I could binge. I was up and down the streets of Manhattan at all times of the day and night. I, I, I was banned from certain restaurants because I would throw up in the toilets and broke them, okay? So they knew, they knew me, like, you know what I'm saying? And, um, oh God, I've thrown up in bathrooms at meetings. I've thrown up, you know, so um, I had to get into that this, I can go to any meeting, anytime, anywhere. I, I have this thing. I go to AB meetings also because I am anorexic and bulimic. And I don't, if you're an anorexic and you're at a hundred pound weight loss and you don't do the immediate interpretation, I do an immediate interpretation. It is, when I say I don't eat no matter what, I've had sponsees say, oh, you can't say that because then I don't eat no matter what. I'm sorry, guys. I don't get into the garbage of the words I get into the, the idea is you don't mess with food no matter what whatever your particular disease is you will not heal unless you let go of the behavior and I find in, in the horrible overeating behavior there's a tremendous satisfaction in that and I have to be willing to give up both so my abstinence is is healthy um, I do not volume eat I do measure my food because I, you know, I can eat, I mean, not for nothing, but I mean, I have found myself in abstinence and I'm gonna to get to some of the, the, the 
grittier stuff. But like I could get a Rome apple, you would need a pickup truck to get it in this house. Okay, I, you know what I'm saying? I can overeat in abstinence. I can do all kinds of shit. And I am, you know what? When I weigh and measure my food, then I'm honest. I am not, if you can have a sane relationship with food and not weigh and measure, knock yourself out. That doesn't work for me. I'm not telling people to weigh and measure. I don't know what you need to do. I had to find out what I needed to do in this program. And I've had to step over the bodies. I've had sponsors go into rehab. I've had a therapist go into rehab. I've had sponsors drop me in a share at a meeting and I didn't eat over it. I got a different sponsor and I talked about it. So what I'm saying is it was about, it is about choosing my life and choosing the possibility that things could get better. Um, my experience with the food, okay, so in the big book, I am not a, uh, what do they call that? Vision. I'm not a vision person, but I read my big book. I have always read my big book. I, there are answers here that have nothing to do with the fellowship. The fellowship is frighteningly imperfect. The literature is, is pretty close to as good as it gets. I have found my way through the literature and other people. I do not turn my will and life over to the fellowship, guys. If this meeting doesn't work for me, I'll go to a different meeting. I've had to. I, I, I don't want, I can't eat because somebody said something stupid at a meeting and I took it personally. I can't, I can't get into the food for that. The food has, keep going. Okay, so the phenomenon of craving and what I'm saying is that the binge happens. The binge has started before I pick up the food. Okay, so the binge is in me. And when I put down my program, how can I say this? Okay, so let me just finish with the psychic, with the phenomenon of craving that the only thing that can get rid of this phenomenon of craving is a psychic change. Okay, that's in the, the books. Okay, that got my attention. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, I find there's something that I will call, and this was tagged by a kid that I was counseling in a drug and alcohol relapse. He said, so you mean, I said the binge, the Relapse starts long before you pick up the substance. He said, so you mean prelapse, okay? That young man died of an overdose, just so that you guys know, okay? That's 10 minutes. Thank you. So on the train, that is relapse, okay? The, the food is the caboose. If you're thinking about food, you need to back it up. You know, right, so what starts to happen is that I, first of all, I start to feel like you guys, you know, I like that meeting, but I'm really busy. And then it kind of progresses to, I'll call my sponsor, but you know, shit, I don't really have time. I'll call her when she's at work, I'll leave a message. Okay, then it kind of goes to, those people are nice, but you know what, <clears throat> they're really, I'm not, I'm not a groups person. Then it goes to, oh, those people are assholes. And then I'm an asshole, right? Now I'm an asshole. I'm, I'm starting to act out a bit. <clears throat> then I'm thinking about food. And then I take a little tiny extra, right? I have to tell you guys that when I don't want to go to the meeting, that's when I need to run to the meeting and scream, I don't want to be here today. I can't let it progress. Because once it goes to, I'm thinking about the food and, oh, it's okay to have a little extra and it's okay and it's okay and it's okay. I'm in the caboose. If I even see the headlights, I need to be at a meeting screaming. I listen, 
you can, you can, I found I'm very smart. All right. I am very smart. I have a cognitive learning disability. Welcome to everybody's club. Right. But I am a pretty smart girl. When I started using my smarts to figure out what they meant in these books, as opposed to defy it and prove why it was wrong and why I could do it my way. That's when I started to get better. That's when I started to surrender. That's when I started to give in. I find that now, all right, so I, you know, if, if I, you can back it up until the food becomes an issue. The first abstinence is a gift. The second one you have to work for. What about the 40th one? Okay. I have to tell you, I have never been denied another abstinence, but they get harder and harder to achieve. Now, do I believe I would be denied? No, but let me tell you something. I don't want to find out again. If you're abstinent, stay abstinent. Now, abstinent, uh, relapse saved my life, but I also lived and it ended. So I can tell you that relapse was incredibly helpful to me, but I lived and it ended. I believe I could still, well, I don't think I'd still be in relapse. I'm 59 years old. There's not a lot of old bulimics, you guys. And quite frankly, obese people, most of the kids that were obese with me in school died in their 40s and 50s from all kinds of stuff, heart attacks, cancers, all kinds of stuff. So I'm not thinking we got a lot of time to waste. Um, I also, I don't know if this is a, a, I didn't want to live like this anymore. I didn't want to live like this. I blamed it on the fat, but then it became about the food. This is not an easy way to live. This is not an easy, you know, it's not easy. Now, um, the reasons for relapse, what I have find that in my, for myself, um, and it always goes back to the very first reason for relapse is that I really haven't taken step one, that I still believe that there's something I can do of and by myself. And it wasn't until I realized that for the rest of my life that I was screwed. I have this, it's not going away. However, the other thing I found out was that I respond to treatment. I respond to treatment. So if I do what they say to do, it comes, it comes. Um, the, the abstinence will come back. It's the first one is a gift. You walk in, ah, oh, you want to tell everybody you're beautiful, everything's perfect. After the first relapse, it's going to take some work. Don't give up. They'll keep coming. And then, you know, a meeting a day, maybe two with Zoom, we can do two, you know, like whatever it takes. I threw myself in. I have never been denied another recovery, but it was harder and harder. So I don't recommend it. But if you are in relapse, start telling the truth. Don't try to sound good. If you are in recovery, don't try to sound good. Don't try to sound good. Don't try and sound popular. Don't try to be known. Don't try be you, whatever it is. I reserve the right to be fabulous this week. And I reserve the right to be in pain next week and tell the truth. I do. I, I, I don't. And you know what? This is the only place where I've really ever felt like I could be myself. And I have really never been fabulous. <laughs> I'm just me. You know, the other problem that I see, and this I struggle with a lot, co-occurring mental health issues. If I, I have major depression, I have a few others too. I have borderline. I got, I got a couple of, and, I, and like not good ones. I have ugly ones, you know, ugly ones. I mean, major depression is well, there's meds and Board, board, really, 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 you know, I mean, of all like freaking eating disorder and oh my God, right? Anyway, I have One found minute. 
how much? One minute, okay. That there are, I have two things. I have an eating disorder, I have mental health issues. I have to treat both separately, whatever it takes to treat both separately. Otherwise they dance, they dance. And one will keep me in relapse with the other. The last reason that I've found for relapse is trauma, history of trauma. I have to let go of the hope for a better life, a better history and a better life. I have had a terrible history, but I can move forward and I can change things and I can live differently and I can ask for help. I have never been denied, but it really all boils down to the first step. And if I've really taken the first step and if I really am no, I'm powerless over food, then that kind of renders me willing to go to any lengths, including deal with my mental health, deal with my issues, deal with my problems, deal with you know, whatever it is that I have to deal with. If, listen, you guys, if this could be about how we measure our cottage cheese, oh, by the way, I haven't eaten cottage cheese in like 30 years. I couldn't, if I had to, it disgusts me. I hate iceberg lettuce. There's just, oh my God, you know what I mean? I had to develop a relationship with food. Am, am I done? Eight minutes left. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'll go as long as I do. And then we, and then I'll stop. So I had to listen, we all have to do what we have to do, but I had to like, because I come from incredible, I come from under eating and overeating. I had to develop a relationship with food that worked for me with always telling the truth to another human being. I could not hide what I was doing with food. Abstinence for me is any, any meal that I would eat in front of my sponsor. Um, I don't use artificial sweeteners. That shit had to go, that went, that went years ago because I am the classic in the diner with a hundred packs of sweet and low, I'm dating myself, jars of mustard, vinegar, anything that was free was me. Anything with no calories was me. Anything that I could under eat, but I was hungry, so I was overeating on all the free food and I just didn't want that. I didn't want an active eating disorder and abstinence. I didn't want to be fucked. I didn't want to be embarrassed to eat a meal and or not be able to eat with friends or not be able to go to a restaurant or not be able to have people over because I had some bizarre coveted relationship with food that I didn't want anyone to see. And so that shit had to go right away. That had to go. And I had learned that I can finish a meal and put my fork down without licking the plate and the bowl and the pot. And like, I had to like know that I was full, that I was full and what I was hungry for was not necessarily food. And that's what I get on the phone. I use the phone, texting doesn't cut it for me in terms of working my recovery. Texting works sometimes, sure, there's, there's times when texting is amazing, but I don't have relationships with people based on texting. Um, the intent cannot be known. It's, I don't know, my opinion, my opinion. Let me tell you, listen, you guys, if you're having a full relationship with your sponsor and all you do is text and it's working, fine. I find that I have to really, if I reveal myself, I have to really be talking to someone so they can get me. They can understand what I'm saying. Also, when I tell somebody something that I've done that is not copacetic, not good, it's not okay. And then they immediately give me the, you're perfect, you didn't do anything wrong, it was them. I call somebody else so that I am known, that you have to know I did something that I shouldn't have done. I, I, let's say I gossiped or I told somebody a lie or I did something 
not okay. I need to make sure that I am seen and known so that I can work on it. The problem with character defects that I find is that, yeah, I don't want, I, I hate when I do a character defect and it hurts, but I get something out of it. It's kind of like the food. I hate when I overeat, but I like it. It helps me. And the thing is, is that it does, but I'm paying a heavy price. So are we crazy? Absolutely not. Does the food work? Yes, at certain points in our lives when we had no other coping school, school skills, was the food helpful? Absolutely. But now I've come to the fact that that really hurts me far more than it helps me. Can I do better? Can I find resources inside of myself that are based on something I do, something I get from you guys, and something I get from a higher power that allows me to let go of those things that I do. It allows me to let go of the food. It allows me to let go of some of my negative behaviors that are stopping me from having a more peaceful life. You know, I, I used to think I wanted to be skinny. Oh, believe me, I did. And I am thin, by the way, you guys, I am. You can't see me, but I'm thin. I'm tall and I'm at, I mean, I go into my doctor and, and he says, ideal, leave it. I talk to my sponsor, we're good. Like, so I, I don't, I like being thin. I, I, and that is, if you're overweight and you're, please, I'm not saying that, I just, it tortured me. It, it disrupted my life. Now that is not an issue. Everything else is about me connecting to others. I have a hard time with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, but I've found that the cause people of the disease, people, the cure for the disease is people. I got work to do. I don't know how to relate to you guys. I don't know how to relate to anybody. I don't know. I don't know. I get frightened and I curl up. I was obese. I think everything is bonanza. I, I mean, I come from a world where I think everything is a TV show. I think that if I lose the weight, I'm going to be on the cover of Elle magazine with my, you know, ta-da, like that, you know. And I found that when I lost the weight, after, a, I don't know, a month or two, everyone, I was just another person for them and for me. It wasn't anything. It was nice. I like it. I like that my clothes consistently fit and I throw them out because either they get worn or out of style or I just don't like them anymore. That's pretty cool. After that, nobody gives a shit, including me. So, but I'm, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that my health is good. I'm a, but it really has to do with having a, a life, a relationship. I, I have a very unrealistic idea of what life is about. I have a horrible childhood. Um, we, I think at, OA is not really trauma-informed, if you will. I'm using shop talk, but we're not really trauma-informed. I think that there's, I think that that's a personal journey I had to go on because I found that my trauma was interrupting my recovery. It was interrupting my ability to be abstinent over long periods of time. My depression had me, caused me to and, and then I'm going to talk about one more thing and then I'm going to wrap up. My depression caused me to um, relapse and I had to really get to the roots of depression. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is self-love. And I'm going to talk about self-love because I used to hear you guys at OA meetings. Now, everybody comes from a different place. Okay. There are people sitting here right now who don't have mental health issues. God bless you. And there are those people. I am not one of them. So what I'm trying to say is that if that's not your issue, cool. But the, those people, a lot of those people, if you will, would talk about self-love. And so what I would hear is I'm a tree hugger 
and I tiptoe around and everything's fabulous. And so I would shut down, shut down to the tree huggers because they love themselves. They, I love myself and I just couldn't identify. And the reason I couldn't identify was because I have never liked myself or loved myself. And that comes from years of being bullied, being bullied by my father, being bullied by my sisters and being bullied in school. And I, this only came to me like in the last year or two um, that I am, I bully myself. And that it, then I realized that the work that I had never done that I have to do is to start to like myself, which is like, and love myself. I'm like, oh, wow, no, thank you. And then I said to somebody, I don't know how to love myself. And he said to me, why don't you start by being fair to yourself? So in other words, why don't you start by the same fairness if you were sitting on a jury? See, I, I, if I was sitting on jury duty and I was, will not mention any famous cases lately, but let's just say it was a murder trial. Could I be fair to the person who was, who was on trial? I know I could. I would make sure I was. I would want to be. And I know I could. Then why is what happens if I spill something? You would think I had caused World War III. Like I beat myself up. I talked, I, I am ruthless with myself. So I had to start by being fair to myself. And through being fair to myself, I can honestly tell you that I don't hate myself anymore. And this was the kind of work I never knew I had to do to recover from an eating disorder. Never, never occurred to me. I just joined, listen, I joined the bullies. At least I had friends. And if you're all beating me up, I'm on board with you. Let's hate Carol. Nothing else to do. And this is, let me tell, may you please come to this work earlier than I did because it was very painful to live a life for 28, seven, eight years in abstinence, in self-hatred. And let me, and I will also tell you that it really healed a lot of my depression. My self-care has to do with two things. Well, I'm sure there's many more, but these are the main two things. And then I'm gonna stop. The one thing is that I do get regular haircuts. I brush my teeth. I take showers. I do all that stuff. I do that. Sponsors taught me. I had a sponsor teach me how to put on makeup. You know, my mother wasn't teaching me that. I mean, I had sponsors. What do you mean you don't take a shower every day? You know, I mean, I had sponsors to help me with that. I eat well. I exercise. I hate exercise. I don't run. I walk. I walk every day. I walk. I do weights twice a week at the gym. I hate exercise. I'm, I'm inherently lazy but I think it's important. I have dementia in my family. Do I exercise enough to keep, no, because I had a surgery. I was out of the gym for two months. Guess what? I didn't gain an ounce. So no, I'm not that kind of exerciser. That's not me. So it's really about health. It's really not about weight at all. I proved it to myself. That said, the other way that I do self-care is that I don't allow people to beat me up. And if you were in my life and you are beating me up, you are you are on the fence right now. And if you keep it up and I can't deal with it, then you are out of my life. There are some people you can talk, I can talk to and I can say, listen, I noticed that you there, but I'm actually starting to have more people in my life that are fun and they seem to like me, like not the frenemy people, the actual nice people. But I had to put my foot down about that because I would welcome anyone in as long as they accepted me. As long as they accepted me, no matter how much, it's okay, beat me up, it's fine. Just, I just, you know, just don't leave. My abandonment issues have ridden over everything. I'm sorry, I'd rather be alone and peaceful than be with somebody who doesn't treat me well. 
and this is very subtle, guys. This is all, this is about a lot of self-honesty and about my own standard. I don't want to be obese. I don't want to, you know, and, and what I can say about relapse is bloom where you're planted. You can be abstinent today. You have everything in your power to be abstinent today. You start where you are and tell the truth. Go to a meeting and tell the truth. Make it your number one priority. Do that for 30 days. You will, well, I can't predict anything, but when I've thrown, when I put myself in the center, I have never fallen off the edge. If there was another thing to do, if there was another way to do this, if I had to pay for it, I would. I'd pay for it to get fixed, sure. I find most people that have the gastric bypass, they're very tortured. It doesn't seem to work well. Just saying, I'm just, listen, if you had gastric bypass and you're fabulous, awesome, I'm so happy for you. But I noticed that I'm thinking, I'm not sure if that's, we have other things going on and the food is a small but essential part of it. Put the food down, find out what your life's about. Anyway, thank you for listening. Oh, Carol, thank you so much for your honest involvement.